This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name's Nikki Seberini. I'm so delighted and honored to be in your company this afternoon on the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Um, and I do feel very grateful to be here, to be interviewing the people that I'm interviewing and obviously to be in your company. And just talking about gratitude, you know, I mean, how many times have we heard in the last few weeks, oh, it's so hot and it's so hot and it's so hot. And then you hear news um, in the U.S. how people have lost their lives because of the extreme, extreme cold. So just for a moment, next time you're schwitzing and you're sweating, just say, thank God it's not so cold. And thank God the sun is shining. And aren't we just so blessed? Just thought I'd put it out there. So, you know, the show is filled with blessings, um, filled with stories, filled with overcoming obstacles. Um, and really, we celebrate the, the power of the human spirit time and time again. It's what buoys me and, and inspires me every time I walk into the studio. And so we continue with that on this lovely Thursday afternoon. We've got a jam-packed show for you. Um, I'm going to be talking to someone who's representing the Breast Health Foundation, talking about her experience. She's a cancer warrior herself. She gives back. She helps many cancer patients. And also she's involved in a, a, a walking event taking place at the zoo she's going to be telling us about. Then I have a doctor coming in um, who, wow, I mean, he runs marathons. He was the founder and is the founder of um, Run and Walk for Life. And he, too, is a cancer warrior. Um, an author of a book, um, and he's going to be sharing his uh, phenomenal story with us. Um, then we're going to be chatting to Eli Seliger, I'm hoping, in Israel, because they have an incredible organization there, which is very similar to the Deal Link, but they focus a lot on children and offering help and support to children in Israel. Uh, we've been having a, a hard time getting hold of him, but uh, I'm really hoping that we will have Eli on the line. So it is also... Um, you know, we're also going to be having people who are in the business of um, helping you with adapting and evolving and surviving when you are faced with challenge. So when a challenge comes your way, what do you do with that? Well, Eric Kruger, who's a keynote speaker and a high performance coach. Um, will be in the studio and he's also going to be talking about what we do with things in life when we are um, faced with challenges so wow so you're not going anywhere right you're going to stay tuned to 101.9 high fm and if for any reason you have to miss a part of the show um, don't worry we do podcast the show you just need to go to the website and um, just click on podcast click on thursday click on dl link look for today's date um, and dates in the past and you will be able to, in your own time, listen to the show. Um, before we take a break, I would like to introduce our first guest, um, who is wearing bright pink and looking absolutely lovely. Ntokoso Ludla, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Yes, did, did I? You oh, did. Thank goodness. I'm schwitzing in the studio, you see. <laughs> yes. So welcome. Thank it's, you. It's really lovely to have you here. Yes, you, you thank do. you for having me. And, oh. and hi to the listeners. And hi to the listeners. listeners well, you yeah. know, you, you're a cancer warrior. Yes. You give back. You, you help with palliative care with breast cancer um, warriors and patients. Yes. And, and, and you impart um, taking part in a, a, a fundraiser 
an awareness campaign. Yes. But also, you've, well, you, you haven't climbed Everest, but you, you went to base camp, which for me in itself is, is absolutely huge. Yeah. And here you are with a smile on your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are huge things. It, it is, but when you when you diagnose, you don't think about those things until you're done. And like, what can I do now? Because you've been challenged with this disease. So after that, it's like, what can you do that is so big, that is bigger than the disease that you had? So that's why I took this initiative. Really? Especially for me, it was a survivorship guilt because I used to Survi- Survi- survivorship Survi- guilt. guilt. Yes, really. Yes, because there are people that I've I've I've, I've uh, took treatment with. So others, they've passed on. So I used to not feel good about that because I didn't know how to react, especially because if I'm happy, am I happy that I'm alive and other people are not surviving? So I was caught up in that mixture of feelings and emotions. Mm. So Mm. for me to take this initiative and say, let me just find myself, let me go to that mountain and see how good am I, how how it is going to bring out the best of me. But mm. it did, yes. Wow. Let's take a break. We're going to come back to that feeling of guilt, right, yes. and how you've turned that around. So let's take a quick break. We, we're going to be right back. Thank you. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. Um, I have Ntokoso Ludla in the studio. Um, she is a one-step-at-a-time cancer warrior. She's a walk representative, a senior community educator at the Breast Health Foundation. And Ntokoso, just before the break, you were talking about going for treatment yes. um, with other patients and they not surviving. They passing yes. away. You surviving. You moving on. And the guilt that you felt. Mm. The, the why me? Um, mm. And and so you decided to turn that around because guilt is, well, it's quite a debilitating feeling. You know, when you've overcome something like cancer and you've overcome it to to be filled with guilt, you should be filled with gratitude, right? I know, I know. And a zest for life and, oh, wow, but the guilt was tough for you. As I'm dealing with the patients, that what happens. You get attached to the patient and you 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 have that relationship with the patient. And somehow, uh, because... There are things that are happening. People don't know that usually it's not about the treatment that that you. It, it, it's the side effects that harm you. It's because the cancer has already spread, has metastasized to other mm-hmm. parts of the, your body, other parts of your organs. So by the time maybe they find it on the breast, it's already went somewhere. Mm-hmm. So somehow the treatment doesn't work. Somehow it works. So it depends. But it's not about the the, the cancer. It's about what God, what time God has given us in, on this earth, what that minute, that minute you have, you use it to your, you maximize it, hmm. you, you 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 use it to your best. Right. So I've realized while I was walking in the mountain that it was not about losing people. It's it, it's about the time that I spend with those people that okay. I should cherish, okay. that I should uh, I mean appreciate. So we even with the, the families, we, those people who are having. Uh, to go through the journey of having cancer, whatever cancer that you may be, you may have. So it's about the time that you spend with that person. Just cherish that because we all have our time of going on this earth. So if that person has to go go earlier than me, I must really have that um, satisfaction that I've done my best. Mm. I was there, you know, and just cherish those memories that you had with that person. And you had this 
enlightenment when you were exactly um, at base in the camp in the mountain in the mountain because remember i didn't reach the base camp but i could look as far as um i think it was 100 meet 100 um if i'm not mistaken about a thousand miles from where i was so wow. i had to be turned back and uh, they i had to be uh, taken by helicopter out of the, the that place because i couldn't breathe i had pneumonia there i was yeah so sure. for me there and there I've, besides that, as I was walking, I could just, you know, reflect things and appreciate myself, appreciating the time that God has given me on this earth. And I realized that really it's not about people uh, passing on. It's, it's about the time that you have to spend, the time that the things that you have to do on this earth, mm. that you have to achieve your mm. dreams and everything that are more important than passing on. Passing on is part of our process. Yes. No, we so all, we, we all, all there. we all going on, there, But right. it's, 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 it's that moment. It's, it's being there, even if it's five minutes with that patient, maybe there is no family around that patient just to have that moment with with yes, a human being you know yes. doesn't matter what color that person is mm. that moment that you, you just say okay it's okay yeah it's okay hmm. you know it changes someone's life and you know it's for me it's there you found your meaning exactly your meaning your purpose and, exactly. and your life changed there that's exactly. incredible absolutely incredible so you continue with your walks and i know that last year for the first time at the zoo the joburg zoo yes, you had how many people <laughs> how many people were walking close to 5000 5000 what's the walking. purpose of the, of this walk Okay, this was born out of this one step at a time mm-hmm. when we 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 did the Everest after that we realized that it's not about breast cancer alone if we can combine all cancers, remember it's an international, uh, international cancer day. So all the cancers on the fifth of February. On, on, yes, on right. the fourth. Fourth of February. Yeah, but because the fourth falls on Monday, then that's why we do it on Sunday. Okay. So we really wanted to everybody to be there. You know, the families just to enjoy that moment, on the, enjoy that time together, and celebrate uh, that you, you you're alive. You know, and still support those who have passed on and have that you know moment with the families and and have that what do you call it um simple empathy yes. you know that we, we we understand where you are as a family mm. you you have your family that have passed on all the disease but we are there you know it's 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 everyone everyone is welcome to come whatever mm. cancer you you survived on or whatever journey that you, you embarked, you've been diagnosed with lung cancer, whatever cancer, you are invited to come and just be around that atmosphere. It's so, it gives me goosebumps when I talk about it. Because I mean, it's a lot of people and it's it a, is, oh, it is. Great. And you, re, you know what? When I was diagnosed with the first time, I thought I was the only person. And until I, I was in around the community of cancer survivors, then I realized, no, it's not about me. Mm, Everyone not can be affected uh, about right, the disease. Right. So we need to hold their hands and just support each other. So true. And yeah. so, so, so very quickly for our listeners, if they're interested in attending, when is it happening? Okay, so it's happening on Sunday, the 3rd of Feb, uh, Jobek Zoo, the venue, and the gates are opening at 6 and we are online for the tickets. You can get the tickets at uh, Edgar's stores and Jet and Spa and online. If it happens that maybe you're running too late, we'll try and have uh, some uh, ticket pro, somebody that is going to be there for, for those who at the couldn't. Zoo. At the zoo, yes. Okay. Those who couldn't make it because we all, you know, it's, it's, it, we're busy.
Okay. So, so it you, can happen you that you tempted. passed. Maybe okay, you, hear, you hear me talking and then you're interested. Just you can come in. We'll arrange somebody that will be there for the tickets. It's 100 rand. And children who are above uh, three, uh, um, less than three years, they are free. Above and it's called One Step 19. One Step 19. One Step at a Time. One Step, step 19. At time. Yes. Lovely. And <laughs> stay exactly where you are. Uh, because yes. here you're using a community yes. in the Joburg Zoo, but people who are exercising, people yes. who are walking, you celebrate. Health. So uh, we're going to take a quick break because after this break, I'm going to be introducing you to the man. Have you heard of Walk and Run for Life? Have you yes, heard? I've heard about well, it. Well, sitting next to you on, is, on, uh, is the Facebook, founder. Yes. This is the founder of Run and Walk for Life, wow. right? Yeah. Um, and just uh, um, I, I can't wait to, to introduce our next guest, Dr. Ivan Cohen. So let's take I'm a break uh, and, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. And welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini. We're with you until one o'clock. Um, and so we continue interviewing just really phenomenal, wonderful people. How lucky am I and how lucky are you? So Dr. Ivan Cohn, well, he's a medical practitioner. Um, he's the former head of sports med clinic at the Wits campus. He is the founder of Run and Walk for Life International. He's an author. Um, I could go on and on. He's he's participated in many, many triathlons. A little bit um, earlier when we were chatting, he said, oh, no, no, he's preparing for an Iron Man. Um, this is a man who has an iron mind, a very strong mind, um, and he is a, a cancer warrior. So, Ivan, welcome. Thank you. It is so lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. And wow, you know, I mean, you're, you're listening to a walk take place at the zoo. We have these park um, uh, runs every week as well. It's all, you know, trying to get people healthy and fit. And so being a, a medical doctor and starting Run and Walk for Life all those years ago, what was the purpose? I mean, weren't you busy being a doctor? Uh, I, th- I started it because... Um, the star asked me to run a research project yes. on assessing the link between exercise and reducing the risk of heart disease in sedentary executives. So they, they financed it and um, they ran an ad for it. And I was astounded when 800 ex- sedentary executives applied. And that was actually the beginning of Run and Walk for Life. Wow. So there's a whole science behind Run and Walk for Life. Yes, there is. So maybe just expand on that. Well. If you can. Uh, um, uh, in, <laughs> Break it down for us simple in, in, in very limited time. Yes. Um, one of the big issues when people start to run and to a less extent walk is that their engine, the heart, lungs, and muscles adapt much more quickly than their chassis. Their bones, their tendons, Tell me about cartilage. It. Yes. And, um, We're all nodding, yes. And, and consequently, um, what happens is most people change their training according to the rate of adaptation of their engine. And they end up overloading their chassis. So we get lots of injuries in sports medicine mm. with torn muscles, tendonitis, uh, shin splints, etc. And so I try to design a program where we could, where we could adapt progression of training to the probable rate of adaptation of the chassis so that the chassis wouldn't 
be overloaded. Such a brilliant way you've explained it. So you've got the engine, you've got the chassis. Yes. You've got to, you've got to, so you're saying you've got to build yourself up slowly because the engine will go, but the chassis can't support Absolutely. it. So you've got to do it slowly so the chassis strengthens Absolutely. and then they're working. Ab- ab- Absolutely. You've got the engine and the chassis working Absolutely. together. Okay. In extreme cases, it's the other way around. For example, I had um, a person who came in having had three heart attacks, major heart attacks, with emphysema, who couldn't walk uh, 10 meters. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely where to train him according to the rate of adaptation right. of his engine. Okay. So you, you, you also, with, with run and walk for like I'm presuming, I mean, you look, you're looking very much at an, at an individual. Yes, you are. And then, and then trying to fit them into um, a program division that will cope with their particular experience and their needs. Mm. Did you have any idea it would be so successful that this would be something that people would would use? You know, well, I, I mean, I'm, you're saying international. Is it did it did it go all over the world? Uh, Run and walk for life. I certainly know here in South Africa, so many people who took part in Run and Walk for Life. Yeah, we went to five countries. Wow. And. Um, We've estimated that we've trained 900,000 members. That's incredible, Ivan. And the results? Have you been able uh, to track those results? You know, they, 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 they're shocking in terms of the extent of the benefit. Um, massive weight loss without dieting, without mm-hmm. conscious dieting. Mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable improvements of fitness. Um, huge reductions of stress. Um, um, very significant improvements in uh, state of de- certain conditions like asthma, high blood pressure. Reduction. Uh, reduction. Asthma, high blood pressure, diabetes. Sure. And very often, uh, not only were they able to reduce medication, but many of the doctors were able to take their, their members off medication entirely. So, I mean, people who are looking to start the Jerusalem Marathon and start getting ready and, and preparing themselves, um, they, they really should look at building up slowly. Is that, is that really the, the idea is with the chassis and the engine is you building up, building up, building to prevent the injury so you can get all of these incredible benefits? Well, look, we've, we've got the, from reading DL Link's pamphlets, uh, I understand the marathon's in March. March. So you don't have a lot of time for, uh, training according to chassis adaptation. Um, so if I was them, I would train to complete the task that I'm gunning for how many, in Jerusalem. How many, how many days a week would you be uh, uh, training? Okay, so there we've got to be a bit clever and not be too ambitious to the extent of increasing risk of injury. Right. And I would say three, maximum four. Three, maximum four. Yeah. Okay. All right, fantastic, uh, uh, and and it's it's doable. So I'm sure you've had many people run and walk for life. Let, let's talk about the difference between the run and the walk. I'm a I'm a walker. I mean, I've made it very public. I'm not a runner. I don't think my body was made to run. Although you may argue and say everyone can run, but in terms of the benefits that you were talking about, Ivan, would you get the same kind of benefits if you're walking and not running? Yep. Your, Yay! Your, 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 your body, your body doesn't know what it's doing. Okay. It responds to an intensity, duration, and frequency I of love exercise. That. Okay. So if you, through walking, provide the same kind of intensity, pumping that my the, arms, that the runners are, right. with with stride and arm action, mm-hmm. and and stride frequency, yes, absolutely, you can get similar benefits. Okay.
Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So, so Dr. Ivan Cohen, you have put together this run and walk for life. It's doing incredibly, incredibly well. People are benefiting on so many levels. At what point you, you were diagnosed with cancer in 2005? Yes, I was. And to be such a health conscious, such a fit person, a doctor, and then you are diagnosed. What was that like for you? Share, share part of that journey with us, if you don't mind. Yeah, it, it was a huge shock mm. because I lived a fairly healthy and fit lifestyle. Right. And it, it was all about why me and how can this happen. Mm. And then I looked back and saw that I'd made some critical lifestyle mistakes. Um, I had um, committed myself to postgraduate business exams. And for those courses, I had stopped exercising. I had not done well with my diet. And I set up conditions that made me a cancer risk. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part of that seesaw is the whole issue of vulnerability. Uh, and, And so some people have a genetic vulnerability that means they must be more careful than the average person. And I was probably one of those people. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's in your family, you're saying, you've, you've had cancer in your family? Well, I, ha- I haven't really had cancer in my family, but um, that genetic link could be ancestral, mm-hmm. um, all the way down from ancestors in Lithuania, uh, Latvia, where a lot of intermarriage occurred uh-huh. uh, because of villages in close proximity. Right. And so the, the tendency to pass on, uh, genetic faults, if you like, was much higher than in normal society. <laughs> so you said, you, if, Ed, sorry, what were you diagnosed with? What cancer did you have? I, I had a very rare, very lethal cancer, um, cancer of the jejunum. And the, what was the prognosis? 70%, perce- 70% of people are dead within five years. Wow. This was in 2005. Yep. Ivan, so you diagnosed, you go into the WAMI, um denial um, and then you think, well, I've got to do something about it. And I'm a doctor. And and then you, you wrote a book called Fighting for My Life. Yes. So, so what made you, were, were you? Did you write the book while you were going through the experience? Was it after the experience? Take us through some of that. Um, I, I started to do it during the experience mm-hmm. um, because I, I realized there, was, there were some critical mistakes uh, in the proposed management of my condition. Um, the, the first one is that I was offered no reasonable hope of survival. In fact, the oncologist told me uh, that it would be a pretty good idea to start disposing of my assets. Sure. So that was a shock, and that drove me to do uh, a lot of medical research, and I spent a lot of time at the library at medical school trying to understand my condition. And then uh, the second thing that happened is the same oncologist advised me to undergo a course of chemotherapy um, for six months, uh, which sent me back to the medical school library. And I found out that the research stated that there were no benefits for my kind of cancer from chemotherapy, no survival benefit. And... Uh, when I went back and told him about it, um, he, he, he felt he t- like you had challenged him. He perhaps. took it very badly oh, oh. and um, basically said, well, do what you like. And that prompted me to write the book to get the message out there 
of the importance of hope and never-ending research before selecting your medical practitioners and the kind of treatment you need to undergo. Hmm. So we, um, we, we talk about that very often here on the show. Um, but I, I suppose a very big difference between you going to uh, the medical school library and doing research and just anybody going on to Google is completely different because Google, you've got, you know, there's some really good information out there, but there's some really bad information out there. Here you are a doctor, you've got the training, you've got the knowledge, and you went and, and you researched. What would you say to people who have been diagnosed, who have this terrible prognosis, you know, the, the, the chances of you surviving are, are not, not very high? How do people get the correct information, Ivan? They've got to rely on... Um a, t- a totally trusted family doctor in the first instance uh-huh. who can go through the kind of groundwork that I did for myself. Who's the best practitioner for this problem at this grade of cancer and at this stage? Where does that person exist? And the other thing that I found out was that um, specialists, world-class specialists overseas were very, very keen to share their knowledge with myself and my final medical team Mm -hmm. in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is to use reliable Internet information and to go to sites like uh, www.cancerlinks.org or um, uh, mdanderson.org or cancercare.org. Okay, I'm writing that all. And then you're quite right. A lot of the stuff on the Internet has big question marks behind it. Mm. So taking that information along to your doctor and and your specialist to get them to guide you through it would be a very good idea. But the most important thing is that you are taking part in your treatment. You, you're not just going along as, as the right, you know, you know, as if you're just a passenger. You are helping to steer your the direction of of your treatment and your hopefully your healing. And that's critical because we we, we all know, and DL Link deals with us all the time, that there's enormous disempowerment in cancer patients. And the more control you take back, starting uh, with the cooperation with your medical advisors mm-hmm. and then going through the other components of seeing a good di- dietitian, getting to a good psycho- psychologist. The, the holistic if you, if approach. Right. Um, then then um, uh, going on to really good nutrition based on your dietitian's advice, getting efficient weight control. And then doing all of the stress management stuff that DL Link promotes. I like what they're doing with their social links because that's a, a great way of managing stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like their massage offering. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope that in time they'll go to the other uh, uh, simple uh, applications that you can use to reduce stress. So, so Ivan, I mean, here you are, you've, you, you had a kind of fallout with your oncologist. You're writing a book saying, I need to tell other people. I need to share my experience so other people know. Then finally you found a team of people and you started your treatment. What was your treatment? Okay. The, f- the first component of the treatment was to, 
uh, reject chemotherapy. You rejected chemotherapy. Totally. So you had this very, very rare cancer. You were told 70% of people die from this cancer. The oncologist has said, you know, start sorting your life out. And here you are rejecting chemotherapy. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. And then I underwent about 16 hours of surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believed in holism um, in my approach. So I... I I had a very, very good dietitian and excellent uh, commitment to a healthy diet. Um, I started to exercise, and with all my exercise background, and I've been exercising since I was 14 years old, um, I, I was so enfeebled that I could hardly walk 100 meters <laughs> down a hospital corridor. Sure. Uh, when a physiotherapist asked me to blow into a bottle, to estimate my lung function, I could hardly m- move the ping pong ball I can't inside, it. inside the bottle. I mean, I can't, I can't believe it. Yes. So, so you are so planning to go over and take part in an Ironman and you, you couldn't breathe properly. Yes. So, wow. so, so my first jogs were, were walks and stops, mm. walks and stops. And it took a long time to eventually begin to jog and to graduate upwards. So what treatment did you have? So, like I say, the, the surgery was enormous, uh-huh. uh, um, holistic commitment to diet, um, high level of fitness, and I put my hand, myself in the hands of a very competent psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. I needed to understand why I was reacting so negatively to this cancer um, and w- what psychological uh, modalities I could use to extricate myself from that. So you felt that um, on a psychological level it wa- it, it, it it could have an, it could have been having an impact on on your physiology. Enormously. You know, did you did you did you believe that when you, you know, as a practicing doctor before the cancer, um, you know, run and walk for life, you're looking at science, you're looking at the results. Had you considered the relationship between mind body? We can bring spirit in if you want to. Had you had you considered that, or was it only the cancer that really uh, it, it, it's opened It's the cancer it that committed me to the spiritual side, right? Um, and, and in particular, the work of Victor Victor Frankel exactly. and his logotherapy. Yes. Um, but psychology, um, I was always aware of it. I, I was particularly sensitized because my father had died from cancer when I was nine months old. Sure. Um, and in that process, he was a medical doctor. He had lost his practice. Mm. And now I was going through the same thing yes. on the advice of this oncologist to lose my, sell my practice, mm-hmm. uh, and other stuff. So, so psychologically, um, that put me in a huge slump. And I went through the whole thing of hopelessness, helplessness, depression, uh, loss of motivation until my fight back started. So in this book, Fight for Your Life, you talk about people having choice, taking part in their treatment. Do you share a lot of your spiritual and emotional journey in the book as well? Very much. So it was quite a cathartic experience for you writing the book. Wow. Very much. Wow. I, I'm, I'm so upset that the book is out of print. I'd really love to be able to read it. Who knows? Maybe if we get enough requests, you'll 
publishers will say, let's just print a whole lot more, because I think that there are very important messages based on what we've been discussing. I, I, I think that would be invaluable. Really I've do. had a lot of requests for more information, and I think the publishers are not quite as sensitive to that, that need. Hmm. Clearly they don't know. We're going to take a break. Um, after the break, uh, we, we're going to keep our guests here, but we're also going to bring in a coach, um, and he's a keynote speaker, high-performance coach, and he talks about surviving, adapting, evolving. Um, and let's see, Ivan, let's see if that's kind of in line with what you were talking about, the, the you know choice, the Viktor Frankl, the choice that we have. We do have choice. Let's take a break. We'll be back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. Wow. So 101.9 High FM. What an interesting show. We've got Ntokoso Ludla in the studio who is representing the hashtag One Step 19. There's walk that's happening at the zoo. She is a, a senior community educator at the Breast Health Foundation. That walk happening on Sunday, the 3rd of February at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then Dr. Ivan Cohen, uh, a medical practitioner, former head of sports at the Med Clinic at Wits Campus and also the founder of Run and Walk for Life. But an author of this book, can I say? And I see that, Ivan, um, which, as we've discussed, is out of print, but it's called uh, it's called Fight of My Life, A Doctor's Battle with Cancer. And Ivan's just, you know, he's he's talked about being this this doctor, uh, about the science behind running the run and walk for life. But then his his own his his own journey um, and how incredible the journey was of going within, not without, very, very much within. And he shares all of these insights um, in the book. Maybe he'll read something from the book just now. We'll put him on the spot. But I think if we put enough pressure, I think this is a kind of book that all cancer patients should be reading, Ivan. It shouldn't be you know, sitting in your shelf and only a few people have access to it. So SMS us, you know, we'd love to hear from you if you think that um, we, we should be printing more copies of the book and maybe we'll put a bit of pressure on the publishers, I say. So SMS us on 34519. The book is A Fight of My Life, Dr. Ivan Cohen. Um, so thanks, Ivan. So um, I'd like to introduce our next guest. I think it falls in so perfectly with what we've been talking about. Eric Kruger is a a keynote speaker. Um, he's a high performance coach. Uh, it's all about surviving, adapting, evolving. He has been writing emails. Um, I'm not sure since when, but he, he's written something like seven, two, no, 700. 802. Uh, thank you. you know, why am I saying it when you're the person who knows? Eric, welcome. Thank you. Thank lovely, you for me. lovely to have you on the show. I so you started it. off with something like four subscribers mm. and you thought, I'm going to just going to write some emails. Essentially, at that stage, I was trying to build a, a new movement called Better Man. Better Man. And, yeah, and I was trying to find a way to communicate my message to my audience, mm-hmm. uh, which was small. And I tried podcasting. I tried videos. And I, eventually I said, well, what I actually want is a short piece of information every day that inspires me to take action. That isn't just more content. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I started the daily email. was almost scratching my own itch. And then sent it to four subscribers. They really enjoyed and, and liked the idea behind it. And it kind of escalated from there where this morning I sent out to more than 17,500 people. Fantastic. Mm. Is it weekly? It's daily. Da- well, no, daily. Yeah, yeah. No pressure, <laughs> hey? <laughs> she was. Yeah, so 802. I started in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. 
So I take off over December. Okay. Yes. Everyone has a break. Yeah, exactly. Everyone can relax. They don't have to mm. take action every day of the year, which is quite <laughs> a relief. But um, what I like is you talk about um, when something happens to you, do you blame yourself? Do you become the victim? Um, you know, if you burn yourself, it's a good thing to know that you don't want to put your hand on that hot plate again because it's survival. Mm. But what about things in life when you've been let down or when you've been rejected or when you get diagnosed? With a mm. terrible illness Do you go into that survival brain So maybe you can just expand a little bit For our audience mm. um, what, what, what you mean um, when so it comes to that I'll mention two things that I think are very um, Pertinent to this The first is that we tend to Almost habitualize the bad things that happen to us mm -hmm. So something bad happens to you once And then you start thinking that this is going to happen to me Every time I try and do something big So you fail once at starting a business It becomes habitualized and you think Next time I start a business, same thing's going to happen mm -hmm. over and over and over. Um, so it's important to spot those patterns in yourself where it's become unconscious and it's part of what's r running your programming, right? So that's number one. And then number two that I think feeds into it is the fear that comes with it. So there's the apprehension that I might fail, but there's also the fear that I'm going to fail, which is different. And, and we have to really examine and adapt and change our relationship with fear. Because it's not about overcoming fear. Fear is, it's healthy. It's healthy to know that I'm gonna, if I'm gonna put my hand here, I'm gonna burn. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's there for a reason. It's a mechanism to protect you. But we have to just change our relationship and understand that it's with us on this road. And it's not telling you to stop. It's just telling you to be careful. So that's interesting because just going to Ivan. Mm. So Ivan was told, um, you know, you, you, you're not going to make it. It's a very rare cancer. You're not going to make it. You should start winding down, close your practice, do all of these things. And there are many, many cancer patients who will listen and will slowly wither away because that's what the doctor has said. And Ivan thought, you know, there's no way I'm going to do that. And he took control. So what is it, you know, what, 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 what how does one stop that, as you said, it Habitualizes. We mm. we go to the negative. We go to the fear. Um, how, how how does one default to how Ivan responded? Are we born that way, or is this something that we can develop? Mm. So I think um, his testimony is probably very powerful around the idea that it's a very active thing that you have to do. So the, the first thing is you have to be aware of the fact that it's happening to you and that you can change it, that you are, you can take ownership of what happens next. Uh, but the second thing is that it's a very active process. You know, we, we like to think there are these sort of shortcuts for how we reprogram our mind, but there aren't. It's waking up every day and making that decision. Okay. Um, I heard such a beautiful thing a long time ago around love and, um, the, the guy was saying, well, um, of course, it was just a, like a short poem, essentially. It said, of course you loved her, but more than that, he chose her every day. And that Conscious the, the choosing mm. is an action. It's a, you know, mm. it's very intentional and deliberate. And I think that's the same uh, mentality we have to bring to the fears in our life and to the negative uh, habits that we have is that every day we have to choose a better way to go forward. Mm. Um, and it's, it, it's an extremely active process. Yeah, you, and you've got to be actively involved. You have yeah. not not outsource it. Mm. You have to be actively involved. And also, you started off and you said that you know, with the guilt and the realization when you were walking around yes. Everest area, um, that that we all going to die. Yes. Um, and it's not about focusing on what we're going to lose. It's about focusing um, on on what we have now, the exactly. moments that we have. Exactly. 
extracting as much as we can out of that. Yes, that's what I've realized with me when I was diagnosed. As um, I've, I've survived, uh, this is my 11th year, that um, survival is not um, years, it's now. And the hour that is coming, the minute that is coming, and what are you doing about right. it? And I always tell patients that as you've been diagnosed, you need your mind, your mind need to be positive. You need to change the way you think. You know, don't go on the other side of negativity. Now you need to be positive because it, uh, whatever that treatment that you take, it will work well with your body because you need your mind is the powerful, powerful weapon that you need to adjust to, to say, I want to live. Mm. And, mm. and being positive is not a, a thought. It's exactly. an action. I think exactly. that's what you're saying, Eric. Mm. And I think, Ivan, that's what you're testament to. It's not. Can I comment on please. that? Please. Um, there's actual objective evidence yes. relating to this. Um, in the UK, they looked at breast cancer patients uh, in whom the cancer hadn't spread. And using a scale called MAC, Mental Adjustment to Cancer, they could actually measure their emotions and link their emotions to who eventually had the best chance of survival. And the people who most frequently survived were the people with fighting spirit mm -hmm. and at the opposite extreme, complete denial. And the people who did very badly were the fatalistic ones, the people with hopelessness, helplessness, mm -hmm. and uh, anxious preoccupation. So fighting spirit, the decision, mm -hmm. as you said, the decision to um, really take this on mm -hmm. and or alternatively say so whatever will be will be, uh, uh, is better than anxious preoccupation and obsession. And waiting, like and, the doctor said, you have three days and, 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 and you know, filling those three days waiting with, with the, you know, being preoccupied. Let's take a break. This is such an interesting conversation. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Let's take a break. We'll be back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. So, um, welcome back. Um, so you heard that uh, snippet about training, either walking or running in the Jerusalem Marathon. We're talking about the mind, the body being active. Um, you know, the Jerusalem Marathon is coming up in March. To be a part of Team DL Link is a mind-shifting and mind-changing experience. It's really not too late. Um, the registration closes on the 22nd of February. So you've got a little while. So why don't you go? And by the way, if you go with Team deal link you get a 10% discount so register don't wait just do it do it take action if it's something you've wanted to do do it um, and just go with this incredible experience um, Israel of course is celebrating its 71st birthday and you want to do it in Israel Have you got 71 run so Michelle's just said 71 runners already I mean, of course you have 71 runners. Of course you do, Mesh. So go to the website and um, um, you can register there um, or you can call the DL link. Um, the number is, I'll give the number, uh, DL link, I'll give the number just now. But go to the website and, and sign up. Um, you're not going to regret it. It's going to be absolutely extraordinary. Um, I do want to just, I posted a, a 
a quote the other day, and I think it's it's pertinent, especially with um, regards to what we're discussing. Um, it's taken from George Bernard Shaw's Mrs. Warren's Profession. Um, people are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want. And if they can't find them, they make them. So, Eric, that's, I mean, it's a wonderful concept, mm. isn't it? It's a wonderful idea thinking, well, you know, I, I can't blame my circumstances. I have to take control. We spoke about taking action, Ivan. You said, look at the success of, um, with these breast cancer patients when they're actively involved. So how do you do it? <laughs> if it's something you have to do every single day, you mm. said be conscious. What's the first step? People mm. are listening now. They go, well, what do I do? Mm. So there's a, there's a scene in Lawrence of Arabia in the movie where the, the, one of the main characters lights a match and then he snuffs it out of his fingers. And a man sees it from across the room and he thinks, well, I'm going to do it too. And so he also lights a match and he snuffs it out of his fingers. And when he does that, it hurts him and he screams and he's in pain. And he looks at the guy and he says to him, well, how did you do this? And he said, the trick is not minding that it hurts. And I think that's such sure. an important concept for yes, us to take with not us. not minding that it hurts. And, and what it means is that you have to put in the work, just to come back to our previous point, you know, that your mind isn't just because you decide, you know, I want to have a more positive outlook or I'm going to take more ownership. Just because you've made that decision doesn't mean it's actually going to come through in your actions mm -hmm. and how you do it. Mm -hmm. So... One of the first things that I always talk about with my clients is that you can either go into the day and let's say by default, you know, with everything that's happening around you, you take about 60% positive energy into your day, right? Because there's, your circumstances aren't great perhaps. Now you get into the day and, you know, your boss screams at you and uh, your wife calls you something bad has happened at home and every time it just knocks that energy down a little bit more. And so you end up somewhere during the day with like 30% energy and life gets overwhelming or the alternative is that you sit down in the morning and you have a some sort of a morning routine practice where you decide, I'm going to improve my state of mind. So I'm going to do me uh, visualization, meditation, perhaps a religious practice that's important to you. And that kind of starts buffering your mind for the day. Now you go into the day with an 80 or a 90 in terms of your energy and things still happen. And it knocks you down, but you end up with a 60 instead of a 30, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden things start feeling a lot more... And controlled, you feel like you have more capacity to deal with what's happening around you. But it starts with how do I set the tone for my day? Hmm. So, Ntokoso, what do you think of that? Is that something you do? You're very conscious, you're very aware? I'm very aware. Um, that's what I even teach my kids that you need to be aware. I mean, this is life that we're given to us, and it's up to you what you do about it. Mm. But it, Make sure that you touch a life. Make sure that you do something good. Make sure that you smile. To Connect with other people. You know what? Right. Do something good. And it makes me feel good that at least I, one day I make sure that I will do something good. So you wake yeah. up and you're conscious about You, you yes. think about it. I'm going to do something good yes. today. Okay. So again, But before, what I must express, before I, 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 I had a cancer. No, I would just wake up and like, Everything was rush, rush. I have do, to, do, I do. was a businesswoman. I yeah. have to rush, rush. I, right. I, I don't care what's happening around me. Uh -huh. But now I pay attention what's happening around, around me all the time. Hmm. So what a gift. 
Yeah. What a gift. Ivan, and for you, are you very conscious when you wake up? Because you're a very disciplined person. I mean, I'm looking at you. You're fit. The triathlons, you're taking part in a Iron Man, which is incredible. So you have a lot of discipline. It's there. Are you conscious when you wake up? Do you have some kind of ritual when you wake up in the morning? Uh, going back to cancer, my uh, motivation was I set uh, specific deadlines to try and survive to. So my first deadline was to fi- survive for six months to my son Richard and Lauren's wedding. Uh, and then my youngest son got married, and obviously to try and survive to that wedding. Wow. And that just picked up. So inspiring, and we've run out of time. We always do when it's so jam-packed with incredible people. I'd like to thank you all for coming into the studio and for inspiring us all today. Um, Dr. Ivan Cohen, thank you so much. Eric Kruger, thank you so much. Untokosa Dudla, thank you so much. You have truly been an inspiration. And thank you for listening and for spending the past hour with us. I look so forward to being with you same time next week. Remember, register for the Jerusalem Marathon. You've got till the 22nd of February. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, take care. This is Life Links with a DL Link.